All right, guys, welcome to another podcast. Uh, this one, I wanted to do a quick one about open-ended questions because they're kind of a very important part of counselling. And I feel like when I speak to people, they don't often use these with themselves. So one of the ideas that I had when I was having my own counselling is I used to imagine that I was, if I, if I had a problem, I imagined that I was... Um, in the counselling chair as a client, but also opposite me was myself as a counsellor. And I used to play that out and think, so, right, counsellors ask questions that are open-ended because obviously you're not going to get very far if you ask questions that have just got yes or no answers. So there's a term that if you feel like you want to know more of, you can look up Socratic questioning, which is a good one. Um, or just they're just questions that sort of ask you to elaborate on what you've said so that you can gain a greater understanding of what the person means and how they try to, you know, um, explain themselves and usually when it comes to self-talk you don't normally ask an open-ended question or if you do you don't answer it like people will say you know why am I so stupid but you don't answer that question like what have you done and and if there if there is something that you've done that's stupid because maybe there is what are you going to do to correct it next time so that you're no longer stupid about that particular thing so this is what I realised when I was sort of playing around with this concept of the, you know, me and the therapist being me in the other chair, was I would have a conversation with that, like, that with myself. So it would kind of be, look, you know, so this situation that you're beating yourself up about, was there anything else you could do? Is there another way to look at it? What would you do differently next time? All stuff like that to get me actually thinking about what I was actually doing. And sometimes, not every time, but sometimes it would be really helpful because I would come up with a different way of talking to myself. I would think that's not the only way for me to think about this situation. That's not the only thing that could have happened there. There might have been others. But we get caught up in what we believe because of necessarily, excuse me, like sometimes across life, you have certain things that happen to you that you that make you believe a certain thing. So when something happens that's alongside that, particular thing you think a certain thing about it without getting into interacting with it and without sort of trying to get into the depths of it so therefore you answer it in the same way without really thinking about it and the more I toyed with this concept in my mind the more I sort of thought to myself you know a lot of these counseling um approaches will have three elements to them you know like parent adult child abc thoughts feelings and behavior um you know higher self lower self mask all these different things and there's three of them and I was thinking so in my um you, you know that my what's the word like um imagination there was three things there was me the client me the therapist and me the one that sees both of them and I felt almost like the one that sees both of them is almost like the one that's observing the judgment side of me that is seeing both of them and then can decide which one to listen to so that was also interesting because I felt like, why would I want to listen to the one that's only beating me up? Why would I want to listen to the one that's only negative about me? I need to also, at least also, listen to the one that is trying to help, not just the one that is trying to give me a hard time. So that was very, very important in my development, I feel, and is something that I have to try to remember to do because I don't naturally do it. So it also kind of goes along with, you know, people come to counselling because they want to get better but I sort of feel like when people first come to counselling it's like they're on a motorway and they're stuck behind an old driver who's driving at 30 miles an hour and they're swearing their head off that they're going slow and that they can't get where they want to get and all that and they're frustrated with it and they're a victim of that lane 
and they don't realise that they're on the motorway and there's three other lanes. And at any point, if they want to, they could indicate and move over, but they're not because they don't know the other lanes are there. And this is why, like the this type of questioning I find useful because I feel that it kind of helps you to see that there are other lanes you might not be ready to go into one yet you might just need to know it's there and then you can kind of contemplate it at least but if you don't know it's there you'll never move into it and that's why people get stuck in a single lane now these things can be kind of well they can be we can be influenced by them in any way I mean you know you can be influenced by your parents teachers peers you know, and peers are just as important. I mean, you know, as you're growing up, you've got your parents are your main influence, but you get to that sort of teenage, early teenage years, and then all of a sudden you don't care what your parents think anymore, and your peers are your main influence because you've got to step outside of your family and you know that you've got to exist within society, which is where your peers are. So it's no longer just okay to exist within your family home. And you have some parenting styles where, you know, if you think about it, when you're born, you're kind of, you're a bit dependent on your parents and, and without them, you would die. And over the course of your life, they really need to sort of teach you that you're okay as well and that you can manage yourself. And the parents that give their kids more to do, usually those kids will grow up being more um, able to cope with the world because they've learned from an early age that they can handle things if they're given them to do. And I think that's an important thing to consider with it because sometimes you can get things wrong. I mean, this happened with my son. Um, he's six years old. We'd gone out to get, um, well, I was trying to get a PS5 and I couldn't get one because they're just, they're rare as rocking horse shit at the moment. So I ended up buying one off a scalper um, for an extra hundred quid and we had to drive out to Tilbury to get one. And then on the way back, we drove past the port and there was this long word and my daughter, who's eight, she said, what does that word mean? And Jacob said, um, if you want to know what a word means, you have to check the Oxnard Dictionary. So we've all laughed, and a wrong reaction, but we were like, Jacob, it's not the Oxnard English Dictionary, it's the Oxford Dictionary, it's not Oxnard. He's like, no, no, it's Oxnard. I'm telling you now, it's Oxnard. And we were like, Jacob, it isn't. And then you get into that, or well, I got into that arrogant parent, all right, Jacob, whatever you say sort of thing. And he was getting really frustrated. The poor lad was shouting at us, it's Oxnard, I'm telling you, it's Oxnard. And in the end, he was like, look, Jacob, stop it. Okay, it's Oxnard, fine. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, um, I've gone in his room to um, probably tell him to do something that he hadn't done. Um, and um, he's watching some American TV show. And on it, the, word, the girl says to, the, to this boy, if you want to know what a word means, check the Oxnard Dictionary. And it's a bloody American dictionary. And I was so, so gutted to hear that. I sort of sat with him, had a chat with him, you know, look, and I, I said to him, you must have been so frustrated with us for not listening. And he was like, oh, honestly, I wanted to scream. I was like, you were screaming. He's like, I know, but I, you know, I didn't know what to do. And it, it was horrible, really. Like it really, I was very sad about that, to be honest. And it really made me think, you know, how many times do we do things like that and we don't correct ourselves or we don't correct the young person or the child so that we can tell them that we got that wrong. It wasn't you. Excuse me. I mean, if I'd never seen that program, at that particular time when I went in his room, he would probably, that could be something that followed him throughout his entire life. I mean, you know, I have people all the time, I saw someone the other day who said to me that they've got this issue with smiling and they remember the first time when they was eight that their dad said they had a weird smile. You know, so these things do stick with people and they do give you hang-ups. 
And so it's important to remember that. And those can be, those can sort of feed into that one way of thinking that you have. And sometimes it's so wrong. Like if my boy grew up with that as, a, as an incorrect way of thinking, like some things that were attached to that, that is absolutely unnecessary. And that would have been completely wrong of him to think that. But what else is he going to do? He's six. Do you know what I mean? He's going to believe what we tell him. So it's such an important thing to remember. So yeah, don't, um, I'm going to stop this now, but don't just, Try not to give yourself such a narrow way of thinking about yourself and stop asking yourself closed-ended questions. And if you do ask yourself an open-ended question, answer it, explore it, do what a therapist does. You know, we that's that's what our job is, is to gain more information. It's like we ask you questions that are going to get you to explain it in more detail so that we can understand it and help you understand it. And if you can come up with other ways of doing that same thing, then all you've got to do is make the choice to follow that and do them. So it's not even that complicated. You know, so, you know, don't get me wrong. I understand that not everybody's going to be able to do this at will, but you've just got to practice it. But it's like anything, you know, these quick fix things do not work. You've got to work at this. It's got to be something that you do on a regular basis, as I always say. Um, but I have to say that because it's true. There's, there's no point. You're just going to get frustrated. If you feel like this is something that you're going to break in a day, you're not going to do that. And the, the older you are, the longer you've been doing it, probably. So it's just a different way of thinking. That's all. You know, it's not necessarily um, a genius idea. It's not even my concept, you know, like Socrates was like, you know, um, someone from long time ago now. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily um, a new concept, but it's just that people don't generally tend to think like this and they don't realise that that idea of being in single lane traffic. And of course you moan and get the ump and get bitter and resentful because life isn't going the way you want it to do without realising that actually it's going that way because that's the way you're living and there's another way to do it if you explore other avenues. Um, first of all, obviously, you've got to get your mind in the place to do that. So, yeah, okay, I hope that was helpful to somebody out there and um, take care and I'll speak to you on the next one.